0: And welcome to the latest edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. Good to be with you for the next 60 minutes. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. You can also interact with us on Twitter. Hashtag Giants Chat. He is Jeff Fegels. I'm Lance Meadow. We'll get to your phone calls. We'll get to your tweets. We'll get you set for the third preseason game, which is going to be tomorrow night. The Giants have already left. They are en route to Cincinnati to go up against the Bengals. And whenever we hear about the third preseason game, Jeff, the dress rehearsal phrase is always back at the forefront. All right, here it is. This is as closest to the regular season that you're going to get. We're going to see the starters more so than we've seen in the first two games.
1: It is, though. I mean, there is some validity behind it. I don't like like the word dress rehearsal because it's not, it's really not. There's no game planning. There's nothing. It's just you're going to play a little bit more than you have before. And really, the big thing with the third preseason game is trying to get the starters as many as you can to come out of halftime, just get used to that transition of going in for 12 minutes and coming back out, and then you know go through through the game prep and, and get you out of there. But um, you know we do not know who's going to play. We don't. We haven't been told how how much Eli Manning's going to play. He's obviously going to play a little bit more than he has in the last two games. Uh, but I don't. I don't anticipate him playing much more than that. I think that. Ultimately, you want to get Daniel Jones in there with the number one group, and this is going to be a great opportunity for him in an extended play situation. And really would like to see maybe Daniel Jones be the guy that goes in at halftime and comes back out into the third quarter because that will be the first time he's ever done that in the National Football League, and he'll have to get used to something like that for the time when he when it is his time to play. So um, defensively, you know, a lot, of, a lot of answers still are out there with this defense, and, and most importantly, the – The pass rush, I think that last week the the team got a little bit of some some pass rush, Um, but I think these are some of the things you're going to look at in the third preseason game with that defense. They've got to play and communicate a little bit better than they have in the last couple weeks. and. Um, I still think that the defense is one of the areas that we have to look at this team that's maybe going to hold them back more than going forward because the offense certainly has done their job of scoring some points the last couple weeks. So,
0: Yeah, the offense has been productive when you look at no matter who the quarterback is, Jeff, nine scoring drives that the quarterbacks as a group have orchestrated, six touchdowns, one interception. The quarterbacks combined are completing about 75% of their passes. So, you know, this is not to say, oh, it's against the backups or the Bears or the backups or the Jets. It's just if you just look at productivity, Mm -hmm. who's ever been in, they've been able to move the football, and more often than not, they've been able to find the end zone. So that's encouraging. Now you want to see maybe if there's that game on the defensive side of things where, to your point – you're getting that pass rush going, you're disrupting the quarterback. Not necessarily sacks. Maybe you see a hit on the quarterback, you see a loose ball, an opportunistic play. I think that would be probably the next step for the defensive unit.
1: Yeah, pressure. I mean at least if you can't if you can't sack the guy, let's get some pressure on him, whether it's outside or inside. Um, you know, so I think that one of the things that the team has done well in the preseason is as far as offensively is not turning the football over. Um that's been a good thing. There hasn't been a lot of interceptions, hasn't been a lot of fumbles. On the flip side of it, you'd like you would have liked to see the defense come up with a little bit more of those um turn, you know, taking takeaways. I will tell you this. Offensively, I think if the defense can go out there and get some of those takeaways and put the offense in a good scoring an area to, to score, they're going to put some points on the board, which is going to help this team win some games next year uh, or this year, excuse me. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but the third preseason game Yeah. You know, the guys get excited a little bit um, because you know what? This is it for for the starters. This is it. It really is. And then you got a week and a half before you play for real. And I think you start getting a little excited about that. And um, it's already here. That third preseason game at the beginning of training camp, you look at that third preseason game, man, it looks like a long ways away but now it's here and you're getting excited because September is right around the corner. And you know that after Labor Day, the season starts and you're ready to go.
0: Yeah, it means we're that much closer to week one, which is probably the best news of all when you look at the fact that finally the third preseason game has arrived. And you're right, I think the starters go into this game knowing all right, this is really going to be my last tune-up Jeff, Mm -hmm. before we put the pads on again for real and the result counts. And also, it's an opportunity for some of the guys that are still fighting for those roster spots and a lot of these things are going to go down to the wire to know, hey, if I can continue to show that I can go out there every game, make a play, and do things that I did in the previous games, all it's going to do is for survey is more evidence to show the coaching staff i'm a consistent player and i'm not necessarily a guy that may be erratic or may just provide a flash
1: here or there yeah and i think that you know this even goes for some of the veterans if you will a veteran is a guy that's played for you know basically two or three years in the league well there's a lot of those guys on this roster that are fighting for roster spots so just because this is the third preseason game don't don't think that those guys aren't going to be playing next week because this is still an evaluation process all the way down to the end. And I will tell you this, even after that 50, that 90 cutdown date from 90 to 53, if you're a guy that's on the back end of the roster, that's on that 53, you're you're you got a little bit of nervousness because even going into Wednesday of that week, the NFL rules, you can you can be on that roster. But man, I'll tell you what—you can be off that roster in two days because the thing—they start establishing the practice squads, guys start clearing waivers. Um, there's all all kinds of salary cap implications that come around the league from teams, and there's guys that you're looking to pick up. Um, there might be, there might be a guy that we talked about this earlier before we came on the show. There might be a wide receiver out there that falls off somebody's roster. There, everybody's like, oh my goodness, we got to go get this guy. And then there's a pecking order, of course, because the waiver the waiver situation, it's still in effect, correct?
0: Correct. It goes by the draft order until we get to, I have to confirm, it's either week two or week
1: three very, that
0: it then turns to the actual standings.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, so the Giants are in a very good situation coming into the end of training camp and the beginning of the season as far as the waiver wire and the claims. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. You know, the last year the Giants made 6 claims and got 6 players. Of those 6 players, there was two I think it was two or three that are stuck around. I think two it's guys. two guys. Okay? So but my point is is that there are there's going to be some claims most likely. Maybe not 6. Maybe not 6. Last year this they were still trying to build this team. They still are. But I think that maybe there'll be one or two and I don't know what positions they're going to be, but it's a good thing to look at once the season it, the 90 man cutdown goes to 53 beyond your twitter beyond your computer because teams are going to be wheeling and dealing and but the giants are at number 3 right number well, six. No, they're 6 6, six. excuse Daniel me Jones. yeah, yeah they're
0: sixth overall and i just looked it up after week 3 of the regular season after week the three. order turns to the standings there you go so, so the giants
1: are at number 6 until week 3 and then after that it goes in pecking order from the from the, the whatever your schedule or excuse me whatever your record is that's when the waiver wire of the standings. That's it, yeah.
0: The two players are Antonio Hamilton and Spencer Pulley, by the way. Okay, there you go. That were yep. of the six claims that are still on the roster. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up, because you got me thinking when you talked about how you can't be secure even though you're on the roster, go back to 2016, Jeff, and I just looked this up to confirm. The Giants finalized their 53-man roster, and then... I don't know if it was maybe a day into practice, two days into the first week. They signed Josh Johnson. Mm-hmm. This was when Ben back. McAdoo was the coach. So they brought in a third quarterback, and they waived or they released, I should say, Jasper Brinkley, the linebacker. So if you're Jasper Brinkley, Jeff, right, you survive the cuts. Yeah, you, you went to bed, good, right? you woke up, you're I'm right? on the
1: 53, woo!
0: Well, oh. and then you go through practice, and mm-hmm. you're set, and you're ready to start the week on Monday, and then you find out, yeah, well, the Giants are now going to go in a different direction, and they want an extra quarterback. So yeah. that's the point that we're bringing up. You can never be secure. Dante Dion also learned that the hard way last year, yes. right? He made the fifty-three, then they make six claims, and all of a sudden he's not on the roster. So nobody should feel secure, veteran or first-year player.
1: And the only if you Wednesday's the day. Wednesday at four o'clock. If you're on the roster you and get to that point, if you get to that point Wednesday at four o'clock, and this goes for every week, not just the beginning of the season, but if you're on an active roster Wednesday at four o'clock, um, you can go to bed that night and know that if I get cut tomorrow, at least I'm going to get my paycheck <laughs> for that
0: week. Security financial.
1: And, um, that, you know, a lot of guys look at that stuff. I mean, That's important. <laughs> You know, I mean, listen, if you're if you're making half a million dollars and you're thinking about getting cut, well, cut me on Thursday, will you? So I can at least get one 17th of five hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> you know, rather than just kick me to the curb. And With an I awesome. got a couple free free lunches and breakfasts, but that's about it. So there is a lot, lot happening here in the next week and a half. I think there's going to be a lot happening in this game against the Bengals. A lot of ex Giants over there with the Cincinnati Bengals. If you oh look at some goodness. of some of the, some of the guys see. that are still they're over there that were here last year, it'll be kind of a a, a reunion of sorts. Well, when
0: let's uh, reminisce a little, Jeff. Okay. Because I actually tweeted it out earlier. Oh, did you? This week. <laughs> Speaking of the devil.
1: Well, you know what? Here good go. minds think alike. They do indeed. I, although I didn't tweet it out, so I would say good minds tweet alike. Tweet alike. That but could we have don't. been fitting, okay. but your point is yeah, well taken. Good.
0: So here's the list. This is who the Giants could potentially see. This is the who's who of the Giants roster over the last few years. All right. On the offensive line, they have Bobby Hart and John Jerry.
1: Oh, boy. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> then wide receiver Hunter Sharp, who was sure. at the... Tail end of the 2017 season. He made the 53-man roster. He was called up and then was with the team through the 18-off season and then just missed making the 53 last year. Kerry Wynn on the sure. defensive line. Cornerback Tony Lippitt, who was just with the Giants. B.W. Webb, <laughs> Kicker Randy Bullock. I had to throw oh, yeah. that in. He, okay? had one, one, he replaced
1: one, one or two weeks. Correct. Number?
0: Yep. So that's another one. He replaced Josh Brown. When Josh Brown was going through his off the field issues, and then defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. Well, there you go. And that rounds out the Giants Bengals connections for all of you. I know everybody field. is dying to know that entering the third preseason game. So there you go.
1: There you go. And of, of those guys, I mean, Bobby Hart played a lot last year. Um, Kerry Wynn, who was here last year, is going to go down there. Good player. Good yep. player. Um, you know, the, he'll he'll make that team. I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
0: he was with the Lions last year mm-hmm. and uh, was a, a productive player for them too.
1: So I I tell you yeah not Ken, Kerry wasn't here last year the year before right?
0: Yeah I'm looking it up because you know what now I think I'm confusing myself with another giant that went there too Romeo Quara is the guy excuse right, me yeah, Kerry back. Wynn was never yeah. with the Lions I was thinking yeah. of Romeo Quara that's why when you said and that I'm like wait a minute what I just well, said does the not only seem right.
1: the only reason I I because. Def- Lance catches a lot of my mistakes. Well, I can tell you that. Well, so when you, my own mistake, when so. you said that I was like, hmm, okay, yeah, I did of swore that Kerry right. Wynn was no, here last no, year No, I
0: I was mistaken with that. It's Romeo yeah. Quara and Devon Kennard. That went to the Lions last year, had That's very right. productive years. Kerry Wynn, you're right, was with the Giants and then he joined the Bengals this all. And Kennar
1: was a free agent, if I remember when he left. Correct. So, yes. um yeah, good. Good for Kerry. I, I really like Kerry Wynn. I think he was one of those very underrated football players It was just he had a great motor, was always at the right place at the right time. Um, and he'll hopefully he'll continue his career over there.
0: Well, and also a great story. Remember, we're talking about an undrafted player out yeah. of Richmond, Jeff, mm-hmm. who was a long shot to make the roster. I remember, and this I know I'm correct about. Okay, it, Israel Adonijah, if you recall, was signed by the Giants, the veteran defensive lineman, that off season when Kerry Wynn came in. So this is 2014, mm-hmm. and Israel Adonijah was a late addition. And had a very good preseason. If you go back, record a sack or two, and everybody was debating, Kerry win, Israel Adonage, and I said, listen, if we go based on the track record, we go based on preseason, sure. Israel Adonage looks like he's as close to a lock. Mm-hmm. And then they kept Kerry Wynn yeah. because they were very impressed with what he did yeah. in practice. So, I mean, really overcame uh, immense challenges and stayed on the roster between 14 and 18 and now has an opportunity Uh, With an individual who's very familiar with him in Lou Anarumo, who is now going to be the defensive play caller for the Cincinnati Bengals. So it's no surprise that he brought over, Jeff, some of the individuals that he's familiar with. Because Tony Lippitt, by the way, was brought in here because of his Dolphins connection to Lou Anarumo. And now, it's no surprise, Lippitt became available and... He's back yeah. together with Anarumo in Cincinnati.
1: Well, you know, those guys, they like they like—they like to find guys that are available, that are familiar with the defense that, that they run. And um, obviously that was it. So good luck to those guys.
0: Absolutely. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. It is all presented by Coors Light here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We will get to also some tweets along the way. One other thing that I wanted to bring up before we open up the phone lines With respect to the pressers from yesterday, and I don't know exactly how much was covered by John and Howard yesterday, but I was curious your take on all of this. Daniel Jones met with the media for the first time since Baker Mayfield's GQ profile came out, (laughs) and we're not here to break down the ins and outs of the media narratives that are out there, but Daniel Jones once again was asked about critiques and so forth, and he basically handled it
1: just like Eli Manning. Like a pro.
0: Which is, you know what? Let anybody outside the building talk all they want. I'm going to go about my business, and the rest is history. I'll tell you
1: one thing that he's got, got down that, that Eli Manning is a master of, and that is reacting and talking to the media and really saying absolutely nothing
0: (laughs) but saying a lot (laughs) but literally saying nothing. and
1: and that's a trait that's I I mean I think he had it probably a Duke but I really I mean when you're I think he's picked a lot of that up by being around Eli the last four or five months since the draft and I tell you what he did it eloquently (laughs) yesterday where I heard I heard it and he was like you know throw out the kudos oh I love how he plays he throws the ball well and basically after that say nothing
0: great player Baker Mayfield yeah, yeah I, it's my responsibility. Why we were seventeen and nineteen at Duke, yeah. just taking that's, all the attention. And right? I'll tell you, if you're if situation. you're
1: Giants fan, that's kind of comforting. I mean, there are some people that want to hear, you know, somebody go. You know, and if you want that, just go down to Washington. I think you're going to hear it in Dwayne Haskins. You're going to hear some things that, you know, come out of his mouth. You're like, whoa, okay. That's you're not going to get that out of Daniel Jones. But this, the whole saga between this, that this whole thing is just just goes to show you that. Um, that Odell Beckham is sitting there. He cannot get over the fact that he is not in New York anymore. And if I'm a player on the Browns, I got to be thinking, dude, get over it. Will you? We got a team. We got a game to play here. We got a a season. you are on the, you're on the Browns. Now we're supposed to be really, really good. Can you just maybe focus a little bit on what's going on here? And I have a feeling that you're in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio is not New York city. There's not a lot going on in Cleveland, Ohio, and I think that Odell Beckham is. He's, I think he's starting to get bored already. <laughs> so this is to be continued. This is going to be a saga the whole season, folks. I I, I just feel it coming. I can't wait. It. I can't really can't because I think the I think the the Browns are are a good football team, and a lot of this ego is going to impact it somehow. And the other one is is that I'm really interested to see how Freddie Kitchens handles this whole thing this year because. You know he's a Bill Parcells disciple. You know that he came from that from that. I mean that tree. It's a, it was a while ago, but there. You know he's he's just just letting these guys just go. He's like, hey, talk, do whatever you want to do, but th- how how far they're, that that that's going to go is, is to be determined. I, I think that this is going to be a fun 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 team to watch this year. Um, a lot of talent over there, but let's just see how it works.
0: Absolutely, because at the end of the day, it's about what you do on the field and not necessarily what you do off the field. And I would not sleep on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think a lot of people are overlooking that there are still some quality teams in that division, including Pittsburgh, regardless of whether or not Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell have left.
1: Well, there's no question. I mean, in, in fact, now you, you look at what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, with Le'Veon Bell, he's gone. He was a bit of a distraction there, and now you got Antonio Brown gone. They can maybe refocus a little bit, and they still have a lot of talent over there in Pittsburgh. By the way, they have a Hall of Fame quarterback, too, that's yeah, probably glad in a well. sense that, that that those two, you know, we call them divas, this wide res, ride, wide divas, we call them, okay? Redivas. Because that's what they are. You look at Antonio Brown and you look at, like, Odell. These guys, the history at this position, T.O., okay? I mean, all these guys, it's just yeah. amazing to me the, the DNA that comes with this position. It's <laughs> ridiculous. But it is kind of comical to watch. But, yeah, I agree with you. That division is going to be a tough one for them to even just come in and just take it away from everybody.
0: Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. One other thing that I wanted to mention, I think maybe it's David Cutcliffe, by the way, that is preparing these guys how to have the boring press conference, Jeff. It could be. Because there might be. Yeah, that is another yeah. common thing between yeah. Eli and Daniel Jones. Maybe he's giving them some pointers about how to go about their business.
1: Although it must have stopped when, when he stopped with with Peyton but you're started with because I mean Peyton is yeah. not a Peyton is he's correct. pretty politically uh, correct guy yeah, but, but, but he's a little, more, a little bit more he gives yeah. you a little bit more a little right bit more that's fair um and I think that Peyton's personality is a little bit different than Eli's I agree. um because I you know I, I had been to the Pro Bowl with with Peyton uh one year and Eli and um Peyton is a funny ma- he's oh, a yeah. funny dude now and he's not afraid to, to put on it. He is. So they're a little bit different in that sense. So I think that David he probably said, "Okay, you know what? You're. Uh, let me just show you how not to be Peyton here, Eli." <laughs> and then he did so well with Eli. And then Daniel said, "Listen, this Daniel. This is what I want to teach you about Eli. This is how you should be." Because man, I'll tell you what, they are they are so alike when you listen to them. And I guess you're just gonna have to get used to it. But you know what? It's not a bad thing. Well, you won't it's, have
0: to get used to it because it's basically a smooth transition. I think people are I think you just have to it, get so. used to his voice
1: yeah. a little bit. But, I mean, it, yeah, it's still the same thing. But you know what? I, I don't know. I think that it gets a little bit boring at times. But, I mean, do you want something like that? Or do you want some guy that's going to fly off the handle like, you know, Johnny Menzel or even Baker Mayfield now? Um, and I don't even know what happened with that article. You know, there's a lot of times in – we're in the media. We understand how articles are written. And, and yeah, he did say some things, but you can really turn it around a little bit. Oh, uh,
0: 100%. You know, you, you can, can take say it out of context. Uh, oh, totally yeah. out
1: of context. But I did read today that he contacted Daniel Jones. I don't know if this is official, but I, I think he did reach out to him and try to let him know some of his feelings that you know, that wasn't the way that it was supposed to be. And, you know, the old cliche trying to put the toothpaste back in the, uh, <laughs> Very difficult to in do the that. bottle, right? So yeah. that's <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, one. good luck with that.
0: Cause <laughs> Well, he did put put a comment on Instagram where he clarified what he thought was just a narrative where people were taking the one quote and running with it. And I think there was some legitimacy to his point. This is my advice. If anybody is interested, read the entire article and then give your own judgment and have well, there you your go. own opinion. But and you've said that before. There was another article quote. that came
1: out. Yeah. That well, it was with
0: Odell Beckham. Odell That's right. had a GQ profile too. Yeah. And my response was read the article then form your own opinions and judgments as opposed to using somebody else's judgment off of one random quote
1: that's right that's right that's
0: the best way to go about it and also at the end of the day people can go back and forth over articles it doesn't impact w's and l's so why consume yourself with something that's not going to impact the giants and also for cleveland's sake they still got to go out and win football games just like the giants do
1: and the other thing too is that gq has to sell magazines that's right. So you have to always look at the other side of it too, is why some of these media guys do what they do. And we've we've talked about this on our program before, Lance, is that they have to write the articles because their they, their bosses are telling them to go and do it. They've got to have they have to ask the tough questions, and they've got to be, you know, they got to have some dirty laundry. That's what sells yeah. newspapers and magazines, and nowadays internet articles. And you sign up, you pay your ten dollars to get the articles, and you know it's just crazy.
0: The whole nine yards.
1: Nine and a half yards.
0: Nine and a half yards. All right, I'll That's make right. the adjustment okay, good. in terms of the uh, measuring stick. two zero one nine three nine four five one three hashtag Giants Chat. Let's open up the lines. Cam is in Charleston, South Carolina. He gets us going on Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Cam?
2: Hey, guys. Actually, name is Tim, like Timothy. But Tim, okay.
1: Okay, damn it. Well, okay. Welcome, hey, Tim. Well, welcome,
2: Tim. Hey, Lance and Jeff. I got, I've got a... A comment and a maybe somewhat bold prediction. I'd like your feedback on, and then a, a straight out question. Right. First comment is uh, going back uh, to something you guys had written about a while ago. Is you know the Giants' record in the division? I think is is going to be the most critical aspect of it. Whatever happens outside the division is going to happen. But you know, if we go two and four in the division, you're not winning the division. You're on the outside looking in at a, at a wild card. If you go three and three, you got a slim chance of winning the division. You might be for a wild card. And obviously, if you go four and two, you should be able to win the division, and a wild card should be locked, a lock. Now, and the only way to do that is, of course, not get swept by anybody, um, which means we've got to win one game against the Eagles. And then we've got to be able to split against the Cowboys, and we've got to be able to sweep the Redskins. And worst case scenario, split against everybody. But I'm hoping we can sweep the skins and do that. So. You want me to go all through, or do you want to take one at a time?
0: Well, where are we going with this? I mean, I, I understand your point well, the, about you need to go four and two. To, I wanted to get your feedback yeah. on that in terms of
2: how no, you I feel. I
1: think you're spot on. How
0: you feel
2: we're poised to do in the division? I,
1: I think you're spot on with four and two in the division. I don't know where the I mean, where the Redskins are. if you're going to get get two out of the Redskins or maybe you get lucky and get two out of the. I don't know. It's just somehow, some way, manufacture four in the division. I think you got a great chance to get into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, four and two is the best road to put yourself in a position to win the division, which therefore positions yourself to get into the playoffs. The Giants have been hovering around that 500 and below mark with the division over the last few seasons with the exception of 16, and that's why it's been very difficult for them to even toy with knocking the door down to get into the playoffs. But... Don't overlook the Washington Redskins and Uh, and act as if those are gimme games, despite the fact that maybe they haven't solidified their quarterback position. They've got a good defense, they've got a good running game, as long as their offensive line is healthy. Correct. So, you know, I don't want to hear anybody say about how the Redskins and this goes for the Eagles and the Cowboys too. The Redskins to me is the pesky team in this division, Jeff. And I feel as if everybody's just penciling them into the bottom feeders of the division. And I have a funny feeling they are going to surprise some People not saying they get into the playoffs, but they're going to be a very tough out.
1: I think a lot of the other teams are talking about the Giants in the same way. Yeah,
0: you know I, what I'm I saying. Think that's fair so, in terms of being a tough out. Yeah, yeah, meaning you know, you don't just all of a sudden feel as if you're going to get a split automatically within that's the correct. division.
1: Yeah. So anyway, what was your next one?
2: All right, the next one is sort of a, I don't know how bold it is, but a prediction on sacks with the Giants, mm-hmm. and the, the way I break it down is sort of by position group. So I'm going with the with the D backs with all of Betcher's schemes, and and assuming he's able to implement them because they come around five to seven sacks out of the D-backs, maybe um, 10 to 12 out of the the edge rushers. I'm sorry, 20 to 23 out, out of the edge rushers and outside linebackers, and maybe 10 to 12 out of the down linemen, which I think puts us at like a 35 to 42 range, which I think at the lower end, is acceptable compared to where we've been, and at the higher end, will will put us, you know, definitely in the upper echelon in the league. So I wanted I wanted your feedback on whether you thought that was possible before I get to my other question.
1: Hmm. Well, collectively last year, the Giants. Lance is gonna find it. Well, they had thirty last 30. year. They I was were tied say, with the I was Patriots. Gu- I was guessing yeah. for thirty-second
0: worst mark in the NFL. Okay,
1: so automatically we know we have to improve on that to kind of hit your goal. And your goal, you was thirty. What was it? Thirty-two to forty-two. You said 30, 30 thirty-five.
2: To thirty-five to forty-two. 40. All right. So five to seven defensive backs. Okay. 20 I, to Twenty-three edge rushers and linebackers right. and ten to twelve down linemen. All
1: right. I don't know where they're gonna come from, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to hit on the on the big number. I think that the Giants will get more than they did last season because I think of Dexter Lawrence, and I also think of B.J. Hill, who, remember, Dexter Lawrence is going to get a lot more attention than B.J. Hill is, and just because, you know, he's going to, that's going to free B.J. Hill up just a little bit more. I think there's going to be, and I said this before, I believe there will be more sacks from the defensive tackle position, okay, the defensive linemen than the outside linebackers this season. That's just my bold prediction. We can put that on the board. Um, yeah. but who knows? I hope, I hope the, I hope I'm wrong because I really would love to see those outside linebackers, you know, Kareem Martin and Zoe Carter, those guys get some, get some sacks. I mean, Jabral Peppers is going to get his share of sacks. You know that? Cause he's a box safety. He'll be down in there. Betcher will use him all over the place. So, you know, I think that's, what about you, Lance? You thinking, I don't know if I'm going to go as high as in the forties.
0: I'm a bit skeptical, and what I was going to counter to Tim's point is the numbers that I've thrown out sometimes on this program. I mean, in order, Tim, for you to get into that 40 ballpark, and I know you said 35 to 40, you're basically saying that there are numerous guys on this roster that have to have career years. I mean, l- let's face it. Okay, here's, that's fair. Here's, here's the breakdown right now of the Giants. I only have the front seven because, you know, to me, the cornerbacks and safeties getting sacks, with the exception of Peppers, a bit fluky. I mean, to say that Antoine Bethea is going to wind up with like four or five sacks, I think is an extreme bold prediction. So here's the front seven. They have 24 front seven players on the roster right now. All 24 of those guys have combined for 53 and a half career sacks. 53 and a half over the course of their career. 10 of those 24 players account for 34 and a half of those sacks. Just 10 guys account for 34 and a half. You know who makes up the rest? Marcus Golden, who has 19, and oh, by the way, 12 and a half of them came in one season. You brought up B.J. Hill. B.J. Hill had five and a half last year. He had three in one game. This is not to be a Debbie Downer. This is just the facts. This is reality. Now, could a lot of guys have career years, Jeff? Absolutely. They better. But the numbers (laughs) that I'm seeing right now in terms of track record does not necessarily add up with a number that's going to put them in that 40 ballpark. They get 40 though. That means that guys are going to have career years. And I think to your point, Jeff, it means somebody like Dexter Lawrence and Lorenzo Carter, Carter had four last year. They're really going to take their games to the next level as young up and coming players. Yep. That's what would have to happen.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think Betcher's scheme, you know, should add something to it. We've got more depth and overall I believe quality on the on the defense, you know, barring, you know, a rash of injuries. But let me let me get to the Well, question, but, but the Tim Tim, Tim have, let me let me just oh, piggy- ahead,
0: let me sorry. yeah, let me just piggyback off of your point with respect to the scheme and then we will let you continue. Keep in mind, when James Betcher was in Arizona, he had Chandler Jones, who was brought over from the Patriots. So Chandler Jones is a legitimate double-digit Pro Bowl sack guy. So my point is we haven't seen James Betcher's defense because last year he had Vernon, and Vernon led the way with seven. We have yet to see that scheme without one guy who absolutely draws attention. That's what I think makes the dynamics a little bit different this year compared to what you may point to he did in Arizona as well as his first year here with the Giants. And I'll let you continue.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, part of that is I I just think that you know, with it, with the ability to do cornerback and safety blitzes, I think we, that was kind of out of almost out of the game plan last year because the depth back there and the quality and the and the just the, the sheer level of mistakes that were made, you know, by the defense throughout the year, it, it didn't allow them to do any of that. So that's where I'm coming up with a whole five to seven sacks for the for the defensive back. But but to the question I have is about the secondary, and given we've got a lot of young players in the secondary, even including Julius Peppers, who's just a third year guy,
0: Jabril um, Peppers, yeah.
2: The question I have is I feel like, you know, like the offense last year, the first half was abysmal with the offensive line. And once that sort of coalesced, the second half was much better. And this year, of course, with the young guys, you said it, I think we all expect there's going to be some glaring mistakes at the beginning of the year before they coalesce. So barring, again, a rash of injuries, which throws everything out the window, how how long do you think that it'll take for them to start to, to shed those scales off their back you know, and start to, to be more cohesive as a unit. Is it four games? Is it six games after the Patriots before? I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, just I'm, I'm trying to get your opinion on how how far into the season we can expect this group to start coming together so we really get a feel for what we've got in terms of quality.
0: Okay. All right, Tim, and we'll answer that question. We'll let you go on that note. Appreciate the phone call.
1: Uh, it's a tough question. I mean, it, 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 it's all, you know, <laughs> it's hard to tell. I mean, I, I think that, that James Betcher and that defensive coaching staff is hoping that some of the personnel that's on this team now is is ahead of the curve as far as when it comes to schemes and things that James Betcher's doing. So I think that might help the maturation, if you will, of this defense quicker than than slower. So I don't know, maybe a few games, two or three games. I, I don't want to sit here and say that it's going to be half the season because we saw what happened last year and we were excited about the offensive production they had in the second half of the season but we had to go through the first half to get to that i don't want to have to see that happen because i feel the defense is going to have to play well for this team to continue to be good because they're going to be good on offense but let me just tell you something if this defense lets the team down you know the narrative and where i'm going with it and it can it's going to happen if the team is not winning football games you're going to see daniel jones in the picture okay for those Eli Manning fans like myself I don't want to see that okay I want to see Eli play out the season I want to see him have a good year I want to have the Giants have a good year and we'll see what happens with Eli Manning later but this defense is all part of the pro it's it's part of the solution in my sense to get Eli Manning to finish out the season they've got to play well they really do
0: Eli has to perform on an individual basis yep. and the team needs to stay within the playoff hunt. I mean, that to me is the big thing. Now- and it
1: goes back to his in his point is stay in the division. Your your easiest way into the playoffs is going to be that division. So let's keep our eyes on that division and let's take those games seriously. You got the first one of the year on the road in Dallas where, you know, the Giants used to be able to go down to Dallas and win. They can't do that anymore and Dallas can't come here and win. So maybe the tide turns again. Who, we'll see. But... It would be nice for the Giants to get off to a good start and win. And who knows? Will Elliott be on the team then? I don't. Know. Who who knows? Depending on if the holdout gets yeah. So over. I mean, that's that's probably that's a good sign. If he's not, that's a good sign that the Giants have an advantage there a little bit. It's my opinion.
0: Well, here's the thing: two of their first four games are within the division. They yeah, got there the you Cowboys go. Cowboys week one and the Redskins week four. One game is on the road. One game is at home. If you want to look at the importance of the first four games, it goes without saying you got to take care of business against Dallas and Washington. doesn't mean that you can afford to slip up against Buffalo and Tampa Bay, but to your point, if you want to stay in that driver's seat of being within the playoff conversation, the best way to go about doing that is to win your divisional games. You lose those divisional games... You know, then all of a sudden it starts to create distance between yourself and the rest of the divisional foes. And right. if you're the Giants, you do not want that space to enlarge in the first quarter of the season.
1: You can't do it. You yeah. really can't. Because then you got to play catch-up. You play catch-up, and you know what? You don't want to play catch-up. And that's hard to do because it changes your philosophy a lot of times on how to win, try to win football games with the, if you're playing catch-up. One at a time, winning your division, okay? And win your division, and that gets you in. All right, you know, the big, the big thing about football is you want to win all your games at home and split on the road, all right? That that's kind of the goal. Um and that gives you 12 and 4, which is a heck of a season. Now, are the Giants going to be 12 and 4? I don't know. Probably not. But you want to win four of those division games out of six. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, so that you're 4 and 2 and you don't have to worry about w- whether or not that's going to be enough to get you in because 4 and 2 Territory usually indicates a positive development in terms of your outlook for the division. So, and I'll tell
1: you what: at four and two in the division, and you and you're going to win the division at four and two. I'm pretty sure you're probably going to win the division at four and two. There might be, maybe not. Well, there know.
0: was one year where a three and three team, and I think it may have been the Giants who were three and three and wound okay. up winning the division. But it's very rare. And I'll it's, try to look yeah. through some of the recent standings.
1: But as far as the the outlook for the Giants. Even if they didn't win the division at four and two, you're probably sitting pretty good at a wild card to get in in your division. Um, but from the from the the point of like where this team is going, that's got to be a pretty good idea that Dave Gellman and staff has have, is doing a nice job with this team and they're moving in the right direction. All right, we can't tell that right now because it's, we, we haven't put on we haven't played for real yet and you know Evan Ingram has not even and Saquon have not even been in the lineup and this offense is doing pretty well. There's a lot of guys that aren't playing that are this team's doing pretty well. The biggest thing for me is is depth. And we've discussed it a lot as far as this team has gotten so much better at depth all the way around from soup to nuts, okay? Including the quarterback position, which is a good thing to have. But I think that that is going to determine how this team plays going forward because you always have injuries. And if you have some good players and good young players behind them which the Giants do and these guys are getting developed and they can play this is going to give you a good chance to try to win your division or even get 3 or 4 wins in the division.
0: Last year the Cowboys were 5 and 1, the Eagles were 4 and 2. Both teams went on to the playoffs. However, 2017, Eagles and Cowboys were both 5 and 1. The Eagles won the division. The Cowboys didn't even make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They went 9 and 7. Now Zeke was suspended. Six games that year, but wow. they still ran the ball effectively. And here's my other point, and this is why I shy away from it's a lock because you still need to take care of business in your non-divisional games. For example, oh, yeah. you know Dallas was five and one in the division, yeah, but they, they didn't, won nine games. Yeah. So that means they won four games outside of their sixth division. Yeah, games. and how many?
1: And, and, and listen, I'm sure that the NFC, okay, that the NFC opponents it came into effect of them not making the playoff.
0: One hundred percent.
1: So yeah. yeah, I mean, and you look at the first four games on their schedule, okay? Two of them, three of them are in the NFC
0: Cause okay, Tampa got Tampa and, and then Washington, yeah. okay?
1: So, yeah. Well,
0: and that's why you can't just say this game counts more yeah. than that one because they all add up. In, and you're not
1: only playing six games to get into your to get into the playoffs, I mean. Yeah, know,
0: I mean there's a 16 game schedule. So there's You got about games the other 10 you got to worry about. Of your That's right. Yeah. So yeah. but with respect to the caller's question about, you know, how long is it going to take for this team to click? It's almost impossible to really give you a firm answer, but I think on paper, Betchers has got more players that are comfortable with the scheme. Correct, Because of the fact that there's a number of guys that were here last year, and then he brings in Buffet, he brings in Golden, he brings in Pierre. All three of them were with him in Arizona, so that should help. Yeah. Then as far as the offense goes, you brought in two veteran offensive linemen to play the right side, and veteran offensive linemen, a little bit easier for them to adjust. But, you know, to me, the question's going to be, all right, Golden Tate's missing the first four games, Jeff. So with Tate out of the lineup, do you get the productivity that you need? And so far, so good in the preseason from the Latimers, the Benny Fowlers, if TJ Jones makes the team. And can that group together, not necessarily one player individual, can that group together fill the void left behind by not having Golden Tate on the field? That, I think, will also tell a lot about where the offense is going to be four or five games into the season.
1: Yep, and I also feel like we, we know what's coming. Um, with Odell gone and Saquon now the guy, uh, there's going to be eight, nine guys in that box, and they're going to challenge the Giants offense to, you know, throw the ball outside of t- 10 yards, yeah. and they should. And, you know, this is when we're going to see this, this new arm strength of Eli Manning. Is he going to be able to get the ball outside the numbers for a 15-yard throw? um from that pocket can he do that we know Daniel Jones has got the arm to do it can Eli still do it and that's what they're going to challenge this offense to do which now brings up the idea that you know what you got to have a healthy Evan Ingram this season to stay healthy so that he can stretch the field a little in the middle of that field take a little pressure off of that offense and then you got to find a guy that can stretch the field now who is that guy I don't know I mean Sterling Shepard's pretty quick but he's not that fast um, is it Darius Slayton?
0: Time will tell he's got to get healthy.
1: Um, is it uh, Latimer? I don't, I don't know. But Showed f- flashes. shows flashes, yeah. I mean, he does catch a good deep ball. And, but those are some of the those are kind of some of the challenges that this giant's offense is going to be put up against this season until they can prove that they can throw the ball around the field all over the place and, and use play action and use the running game, okay? Because that's, you know, and the big thing about this offense, this offense will run well, it will go well. If you do not get those negative plays like they had last season at the first seven games of the year, those negative plays put you in such a bad position. Play calling, okay, execution, get positive yards on first and second down, and then you open the playbook up a little bit, and you and then you are not at a disadvantage anymore where normally you are.
0: They were not a very good team on third down last year. So no. That's a reflection of what you do on first and second down. Let's head back to the phone lines and we check in with Scott in New Mexico. Scott, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you have for us? Hi, Scott.
3: Hey guys, how are you doing today? Good, <laughs> right, Scott. Scott. Uh, alluding to the conversation you've been having, uh, last year I was heavily invested in the Giants uh, and thought, uh, As opposed oh, to unfortunately, the previous year, that there Scott? were <laughs> no weaknesses in, in the Giants' uh, unit and i think it was on with you lance and lance uh, you politely told me that i was entitled to my opinion which is a kind of a great euphemism for saying i was out of my mind for thinking that and you were right there were obviously weaknesses on the giants but as i go into the season this year i don't know if i'm looking at fool's gold or actual and it, it, it Sort of taught, uh, sort of uh, uh, mirrors the conversations you've been having on a number of different areas. Uh, there doesn't seem to be uh, continuity yet because, uh, to your points, Jeff, Saquon and uh, Evan Ingram haven't been on the field. You've seen limited practices with the starting unit. Uh, the defenses they're facing have only been on the field for a few minutes. So, my question is sort of a broad one. How do you really separate the fantasy from the reality? Because I want to get heavily invested in the Giants this year and they look better on paper, but you don't prove anything until you actually go into a game and then you have right. game results. And so am I looking at this myopically and saying, yeah, the Giants look really good? Because I watched them in their first preseason game, and obviously the secondary, which has been touted, looked like they were making mistakes, et cetera, which is normal in preseason. But the preseason itself is vanilla. So, as all of you have said, so what am I actually looking at? Because the power rankings just came out from NFL Network, and they ranked the Giants 28th. Now, I don't know how, what foundation they used to rank teams, but again, the Giants were ranked 28th. So it was a little disconcerting to see that. And I'm wondering how a giant fan, no matter what your intent is, how do they actually look at a team? Do they really have to wait till the first season, a first game takes place, and then make evaluations at that? Because I think it's very difficult to do, even in this game coming up, where you're going to have only a half of football basically with the starters. How do you really make evaluations? And then I have a second point, but I wanted to sort of get your opinion on that.
0: Well, I think it's a great question. I mean, my answer is I need to see the first four games of the regular season. I've got to see a quarter of the season before I really get a good feel for teams because I don't even think after the first game you truly know what you're looking at. I think the preseason is good to check out some of the individuals. I don't really take a whole lot away from what the team's going to do based on preseason productivity. I mean, as great as the offensive production was, Jeff, in the last game, Leonard Floyd wasn't out there. Khalil Mack wasn't out there. (laughs) So why should I get ultra excited? and why should I try to present to your point, Scott, fool's gold. So after the first four games of the season, then I think we got a a few more things to talk about. As far as power rankings are concerned, Scott, I'm the last person that really cares about what some other outlet, and it's not to say that I don't think that they know what they're talking about with respect to the Giants. It's just when somebody can explain to me how somebody's power rankings accurately portrayed what happened in the regular season, then I will actually put stock in power rankings. I think it's a fun game for us all to play so we have something to converse about. At the end of the day, power rankings mean nothing.
1: At the end of the day, I'll tell you what power rankings mean. They they really tick some people off okay yeah and, and, and not only to do that and basically coaches and players and I remember years ago when Tom Coughlin used to he used to use those to our advantage and we would be at a, at a 29 or a 30 whatever it was and he brought that up to us and said listen are you guys really the 28th worst team in the league and you know and every year and every time we kept winning that those power rankings would come up and that was a motivating factor for the guys in the team that's all that I look at it as yeah right. so
3: yeah, uh, also uh, my, my last point, and I'll take it off the air, guys, uh, I, w- concerns two players. Uh, one is Darius Slayton and the other is uh, Sam Beal. In the press conference that Pat Shermer had, uh, he was worried that Sam Beal, uh, because of the injury, potentially may not make the starting 53. Uh, If that's the case, would he be relegated to the practice squad uh, as a possibility? Because he's obviously a valuable pick, even Mm -hmm. supplemental Mm -hmm. as third round. And then the other uh, question I had uh, deals with Darius Slayton, who's just coming back now. I was impressed with what Alonzo Russell has done. And do those two guys compete for the same position? Because they look potentially similar, I think, in probably speed factor. Alonzo chasing that guy down to demonstrate how fast he was. And so I was just curious, since they're going to have a limited number of positions available for the uh, starting wide receivers, how those guys would do. So the Sam Bale question, and also Alonzo Russell versus Darius Slayton. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you guys, guys.
0: Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for chiming in. With respect to the response by pat Shermer about sam beal i don't know if i would categorize it the way that scott put it the question that was asked to pat Shermer, and i believe it was right at the beginning of the press conference if memory serves me correct yesterday was the fact that beal has missed so much time is it that much more difficult to evaluate him because he hasn't really been on the practice field he hasn't been in the game situation because he didn't play last season and Pat Shermer said, we'll see, because they just at this point can't give a firm answer of when he's going to be back. But maybe Sam Beal does play in this next game. Maybe Sam Beal does play in the fourth preseason game. So, you know, I don't want to speculate, Jeff, in terms of his legitimacy of making the 53-man roster. I will tell you this. I find it very hard to believe that somebody that was taken in the supplemental draft by the general manager that is still running the team, that they would— toy with the idea of letting him go through waivers. Because remember, if he doesn't make the 53, he goes through waivers, and then maybe he gets back on the practice squad. I just don't see them taking that chance. I think if the injury is significant, Jeff, and this is just me speculating, maybe he starts off on IR and then is a candidate to return mm-hmm. if they feel that this hamstring injury is going to continue yeah. to linger that would be the route much more so than him not making the 50 no break. question
1: a third round supplemental pick yeah. which by the way the third round they thought was a good was a good pick of course
0: that's why they sacrificed that's the that's why they him. did yeah.
1: because they thought him they thought him as being the top 50 player coming out of college he just couldn't come out yeah. so i think that's where the value was there so with with that in mind you got to do everything you can to keep him on the roster, and the injured reserve one might be the one with a return capability. Um, you can't let him go. He will get picked up, and even if you put him on the practice squad, remember just because you're on a practice squad doesn't mean that another team can't sign That's you. That's a great point. So that's just not a, a total protection there. Both for both players that you had mentioned. Now Darius Slayton is a seventh round draft pick, borderline free agent. Sixth round. Okay. He was sixth six round. Sixth round. Um, so I you know, you gotta kinda think of this as a guy that, you know, if there's some that he may make it through waivers and being able to put him on the practice squad with the ability to bring him up and down because of the wide receiver position and how tender it can be with injuries and things like that. So I look at both those players sticking around, to be honest with you, in some way, shape, or form, in my opinion, with the injury. Now, Darius Slayton, we we may see him play this week. I mean, I know the team would love to see him play. They'd like to see him. Well, he's like been to see back he's, out
0: on the practice Yeah, though, so, so.
1: I, I, I would imagine that he's going to play this weekend or tomorrow, and and look and see what he can do. He's been very impressive in practice, folks. He just unfortunately got set back a little bit with that injury. But, you know, coming out of the spring, the, the Giants coaches were very, very impressed with him and very high on him. Pat Shermer spoke extremely high about him and then he got hurt and then now he's back in the mix a little bit so I guess that would try to answer your question
0: fifth round pick by the way for Slade and was the sixth uh, rounder as the uh, draft from this past year just becomes a thing of the past so here dairy. on this program oh I'm
1: sorry you know what I had it right here as number seven but it was on round less, five
0: okay see on your to-do list that was, was my seven. bad yeah so my bad that's on your list, mm-hmm. but in the hearts and minds of mm-hmm. Giants fans, I have he's number five on the list. The child. draft, he was a, so. he was
1: the seventh player taken by the Giants okay. in the fifth uh, round.
0: Now we're providing some extra context. Okay, go. yes, because they had. So it shows you I'm not points. out of my mind. No, well, I never thought that, and I don't want you to read between the lines of some of my okay. phrases here. In terms of Alonzo Russell, which was another part of that question, Russell has more size than anybody else on this roster Mm -hmm. so and good speed correct he's got good (laughs) speed but he also has the size so when it comes down to him versus Slayton I don't really think it's him versus Slayton I just think it's a matter of okay Golden Tate's gonna go on the suspended it's a numbers game yeah and they'll have likely six guys that they're gonna keep I'd be surprised if they don't keep six wide receivers and you know you could just play the numbers game you know Sterling Shepard Cody Latimer, Benny Fowler, Russell Shepard. I think all four of those guys, very good chance of making the team, Jeff. Definitely. Okay, TJ Jones has certainly made a strong impression, right? And then you've got Russell and Slayton. Okay, I named five, and then on this hand, I've got two other guys. So, Russell, Sladen versus maybe TJ Jones is not necessarily a lock. I don't know. I mean, I think he's done enough to help his cause, out of those three guys, they're fighting for two spots. That's how I see it.
1: And and special teams comes into effect. Russell, because Alonzo Russell is a very good special teams player. And so. he's
0: looked to improve in that department, by the way, mm-hmm. because he was on the practice squad most of last season. He knew if he's going to make the 53 this year, he's going to have to be an impactful special teamer. Okay, TJ Jones, we've seen mixed results in terms of the return <laughs> yeah. game, Jeff, yeah. with respect to special teams. And Slayton's got the capacity to return. The problem is he's got to get out on the field and show the team that he could do it in a game. So that's why if he could play tomorrow night, that'd be a big step in the right direction. I would agree with you. I think they're encouraged by what he's done over practice since he returned that I think there's a good chance he will be able to suit up for the first time. I'm going to give you
1: something. If people are listening out here, okay, I want you to watch something tomorrow night. And this is very evident in the third preseason game. It's almost like a cheat card or a cheat whatever they call those, a cheat cheat code, cheat you mean code. for a video game. Watch the first punt in the first quarter, or whatever the first punt is, all right? Look at the personnel on the punt team and I will I would I will be willing to bet you that 95% of those guys on that punt team will be making the 53 man roster. You don't mess around with the punt team. It's the most important one of the core four special teams. They don't screw around with the punt team. Those are your guys third preseason game, first punt, watch them, take the numbers down and tell me if I'm right or wrong come the 90 cutdown day. All right? Little game we'll play. Yeah, I like that game. Um because I've been around it and I've been in that that's, you that's, that's been my team. Punt, yeah. That's been my team and I remember we don't mess around with the punt team. Those guys have to be able to protect and cover and you want your best special teams core guys on that group, those are the guys that are going to be on the team.
0: Two zero one nine three nine four five one three hashtag Giants Chat. John is in Freehold. John, Hi, John. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you have for us? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Doing all right, John.
4: Um, just, I just want to tell you guys, you guys are awesome. This is the best sports show <laughs> that I listen to. and I, I listen to the eight podcasts. All New York Sports Talk Radio does the best content that there is. Well, we so appreciate
0: you. you tuning in, John. Thank Thanks you. so much.
4: <laughs> um, so, I just we just wanted to maybe talk about something a little taboo. Um, the future of the Giants, what the team will look like maybe in 2021, 2022, 2023, if, in fact, the players that the Giants are grabbing right now and drafting turn out to be who they, they think they are. Like, Saquon Barkley obviously was everything that Gettleman t- said he was going to be. Touch by yes, of to God, the whole thing. Yeah. If Daniel Jones is also that, and he's able to keep building this offensive line, this offense, in a couple of years, once he's a veteran, once this team is a real team from the foundation up, I, this team could really be like a real condenser for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to be stay optimistic healthy. as a Giants fan. All this negativity around the fan base for the last few months, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, it's hard not to be excited about the future of the team. Sure.
0: Well, the way to build a competitive team in today's NFL is to do it through the draft because once those guys have expiring rookie deals, you got to pay everybody. So if you look at, for example, Dallas, the Cowboys built their offensive line through the draft, then they found Dak, they found Zeke. If the Giants can do that to your point where you continue to build the offensive line, you hopefully found your quarterback of the future, they drafted Saquon, you add some young guys on defense, which they've done, you're right. If this core pans out, and that's the key part, you got to get a return on the draft picks. They do that, they're in a good position to say, hey, we've orchestrated a nucleus that we can keep together for years to come. I think that's a fair assessment.
1: I do too. Yeah. Yeah,
0: awesome. Go Giants, man. I'm our super John- excited about the season in the future. You got Thank it. you. Thanks appreciate for calling call in. Call. Yeah, and thanks for tuning in to the program. We appreciate, appreciate that as we well. We
1: appreciate the kudos.
0: Let's go from John to Joe, who's in Pennsylvania. Joe, what's happening?
1: Hey, what's happening? I
5: guess we uh, we have to be happy with uh, what we see from our Giants so far. Uh, the offense, the first offense and string line in the second. You know, uh, they've, they've been good that... Uh, the running backs the wide receivers you know they they they've looked good and and the quarterbacks and uh uh when you were talking earlier too about Daniel Jones what they said about him you know uh just the way he goes about it he's a gentleman and he, South, Jersey,
0: well, Go ahead Joe sorry Jeff's getting directions for his next stop I don't stop, know what so happened so there we didn't right. mean to I- right. interrupt he your dissertation there yes <laughs> he's a very busy man you see we can't wait to wrap up big blue kickoff Live. Well, it, it, it was no reflection yeah, of nothing your phone against call, you by I right. apologize yes. for that no, I, hit, no reflection I hit my waist button yeah. and
1: all of a sudden yes. the, the direction popped up
0: we have a producer that walks into the room to handle Jeff's phone you should know that anyway uh, <laughs> cool. but anyway what, cool. what were you saying cool. Joe yeah
5: going back to you know the way Daniel handled that you know as a gentleman I think he sort of humbled the Cleveland's quarterback you know just just the way he uh talked there uh it was
1: a good comeback like,
5: but you really gotta love the way his ball placements are, man. I am impressed by, by that, you know, uh, ha- handling it and you know leading the, the the running backs on the short and the wide receivers on the short passes that they can run with it, and then dropping in them long balls, man. You got to be impressed with that. That's that's for sure. That that ain't something that's just uh, fluky, you know. Uh, so uh, and what you uh, hopefully the defense can can come together we're going to be young you know and and we can definitely have a a lot of young studs there on that offensive line and and uh, the cornerbacks are going to have to come together with a lot of potential and uh, hopefully we can get, we can have a pass rush you know i think that's the biggest question and when you were talking about the waiver line earlier in that I, I, one thing I, I think we, we really could use if we can get it, that I'm a little whatever there is, the, somebody back there returning the ball there, if you can get a, a fast guy there, because who, the, time and that uh, other wide receiver we have, you know what I mean? T.J. Jones? J., yeah, no. Darius well, Slayton? Yeah, well, Slayton he didn't get in there, but T.J. Jones, I'm a little leery of him back there
0: so far. <laughs> well, when but 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 just just keep this in mind, Joe. And I've heard people talk about this on Twitter. And, and Jeff, certainly you have weighed in heavily on the return, guys. Jabril Peppers is not getting any work back there, and he's going to be in the mix. Okay, Golden Tate when he comes well, back from his fo- Hold yeah, on, Joe. No, no, Golden. Well, but 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 the point is, I understand. Fans are evaluating what they see in the preseason, but come the regular season, the Giants they just don't want to wear down their starters right now right, in preseason right. games. I don't
5: even know if you want to, you know. Oh, that's where I'm saying if you can get a young fast guy, you know, that's where we might be able to pick it up off waivers. Well, yeah, no, we you know, I, and, and be starting right in there the first game. No. You know, there's a possibility.
6: No, for the that, first the first game you know, you're going to so. see Peppers, who yeah, you haven't they, been
1: able to see. He's going to be the primary return guy, exactly. And Cole, uh, Latimer will be your kickoff return guy. They right. just don't want to use them right now so there's no oh, reason okay. of going out and getting another guy just because you haven't seen enough what you've seen in the backups so exactly. I think that I think that you know TJ Jones is a guy that's got to be able to hang on to the football if he even makes the club you know but you do have some depth there but Peppers and Latimer are your two guys Valentine might be a guy that he's going to be a backup return kickoff return guy and then you also got remember Sterling Shepherd Shepard can return yeah. punts okay so they're not going to put somebody back there that's going to give the ball back to the team that just punted it to him
5: did TJ Jones play enough too much to be on the practice squad? Just yeah. oh,
1: yes. we're, we're talking about yeah. a
0: guy that was on the Lions for four to five years. Absolutely. There's no yeah. way yeah. no way he's well, eligible. Yeah. Well,
5: but but that's you know, I I you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm crazy about putting peppers back there because he's gonna be hitting enough, you know, as a safety, you know, the the put him uh, Joe, back there even. Do though you he's think great, but you see know, Joe, but, you
0: know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the debate we had when Odell Beckham was on the team. Did the Steelers worry about putting Antonio Brown back as a return guy? Yeah. Well, I, well you got you you put your do best what players you on the field. Do, yeah. Well, what you got to do, and appreciate the phone call, Joe. Thanks yeah, so much. I just want to say one more thing. Re- I think sure, all starting
5: to miss the big uh, city light. Of there, course he is. So. Yeah. But good luck to him. All Thanks right, sure. Joe. Bye bye.
1: See
0: ya. Antonio Brown was the main return guy for the Steelers. And Mike Tomlin's <laughs> philosophy was, Jeff. I've got one of the best playmakers in all the football. I'm going to put him out there. He could get hurt. Running a route as a wide receiver just as much as he can get hurt returning a punt
1: and and listen, Peppers is a guy that's gonna hold on to the football. He's gonna make you some plays. You're gonna get some exciting plays out of him. Is he gonna be the the primary guy every single game? And he's not. There's not gonna be anybody else that returns kicks. No, because I'm telling you right now, if Peppers is down the down the down the field on a nine route covering a receiver, he's, they're surely not gonna have him run back to the middle of the field for a punt. They're gonna get him off, put Sterling Shepard, who's been on the on the fo- on the sideline for the last you know, series would whatever, put him back out there. So it'll be fine. Just you, relax there.
0: You know what's amazing to me? Jeff, your son's played high school football. You coached it. Do we ever debate the fact that the kid plays wide receiver and then goes out for cornerback? And does anybody say, you know what? I don't want to expose him to an injury. I'd rather keep him as a wide receiver. Why is it that in college, high school, we see these guys interchangeable. You get to the NFL, put bubble wrap around them. God forbid we allow them to showcase their skill set it's just it's amazing to uh, and me. i
1: think it I, I, and it again i i agree with you and i just but from the fans perspective they can do that and the other thing is that they're just they're, they're the game is fragile they don't want to see their guys get hurt but you know what you also want to see them make plays right exactly you want to make them you want to have your your star players out there making plays your peppers okay he's not a dynamic he's not Devin hester okay but he's gonna be pretty he's gonna be fun to watch He'll get you the 10 or 12 yards. He might get you a negative 10 once in a while, but he's going to be a fun guy to watch. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I mean, obviously, I've seen him catch punts at practice. He's doing it at practice, folks, just like Saquon Barkley is running routes and running and running the offense. They just have not been in the games yet. So we'll be okay there.
0: Let's get to a few tweets here. Hashtag Giants Chat. Drew at NotSid, do you see Barkley getting a few plays just to shake the rust off? I think they're very content with what he's doing in practice, Jeff. I don't think so. I mean, so,
1: I, I, I I don't I agree yeah, with you. I don't and, and I don't think you left. I don't think he'll be in the game. Um, I don't think you'll see Evan Ingram in the game. Um, I think those guys are as you the term you use they're in bubble wrap. They are they're wrapped and in a box somewhere, and they take <laughs> them out during practice. That's about it
0: and then they put it back and they're like we'll ship you to Dallas and then we'll take you back out
1: they're like in a they're like in a cold storage shed somewhere you know ups handle with care that's en route it. to
0: dallas that's right yep yeah. <laughs> at aj marshall 3 this question is specifically to a personal experience for you not not deep in uncovering the secrets but he said that he noticed you had a discussion with riley Dixon on the sideline mm-hmm. last preseason game he was asking if you want to share perhaps of course. what was discussed
1: listen the game has changed so much the fact that they they're asking Riley Dixon to become a better directional punter. okay. And I've been helping him I'm trying to establish just some some goals and some and just some things to do on game day to help with that directional kick. Um, and a lot of it has to do with confidence and just practicing and believing in what you can do. And we've been working on some things, and you know, it it, it came to fruition for him on that I, I was down, I was coming from the press box down. Uh, to walk around i was actually in the stadium going up to the press box and i happened to go by the field and i just had got lucky that he had just and i was right there for that kick and he nailed it it was a left kick and it, you know right at the at the at, right by the sideline and listen what we've been working on at work and he was very excited about it and i got a chance to talk to him so we're working on directional kicking because that's what they want him to be better at and more consistent there you go. There you have it. The
0: secrets that are revealed on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Unbelievable. After you were caught on television yeah. talking to Riley Dixon. <laughs> 201-939-4513. Charlie is in Portland, Maine. Charlie, what's happening? Keep it hey, quick, guys. Charlie. Hey, I've got to go. I just want
6: to say you guys are good, you know, and also Thank you're one you. of the best shows that I listen
0: to. Just Charlie, you. are you okay? You're you, uh, drinking a little too much today. <laughs> but where exactly is this coming from? Your us butt, with, you're wait, buttering no, it so up again. I, I, yeah, I don't buy any of this. This is something, the butt with the capital B is coming up. So, so why don't you just <laughs> no, no, get no
6: to the but, point? No, but. Oh, oh you and just, just felt like... the shows I listen to, Lance, whichever one you're doing is one of the best.
1: <laughs> Good, <perfect. laughs> and that's this, all you have to say is, today, right? This
0: is way too much that's being fed my way.
6: <laughs> hey, look, I, you know, everyone's like getting so worried because Golden Tate is like, uh, you know... Suspended for you know, four games. Look, he didn't even play with us last year. We don't know what his production's going to be. If it was Shepard, then you'd say, "Yeah, look at all the it's production we're going to miss." That's a, no, a good point. So I, oh, no, it's a good point.
1: it's a good point. I agree with you. You're right.
6: Yep. Hey, there you go. There you Thank go. You. I wouldn't uh, go Jeff that far. Put that on the board. I, I was like... right today.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> Pigs are flying <laughs> and, and the outside the middle. The other thing lines. I wanted to say was about Odell. Look, a lot of what Odell said was spot on. It was true. And then what he said about going to Cleveland to die, what he meant was going from the biggest market in the universe, New York, to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That's what he was talking about. Exactly. And the thing is, I think Odell will be in L.A. next year. He'll be traded. That's where he wants to go, and that's where he'll be happy in Hollywood. Yeah. So yeah. just watch for that.
1: He likes to follow LeBron, right? Except LeBron wasn't <laughs> in Cleveland. He's up in L.A. So He's
0: going when LeBron And you hit leads, the nail
1: yeah. on the head. I said it earlier. He's already getting bored with Cleveland ohio okay he can't exactly. he cannot handle the fact that he is not he is not that i mean he's popular but he's not like that he's not the guy there right yeah you're gonna go in cleveland you're just gonna go to the hall of fame uh yeah. place yeah rock and roll hall of fame
6: that's about it right Yeah. yeah. and uh, hey watch out this weekend uh tony the lip mr lippet will intercept two passes from daniel jones okay okay Great. all right
1: wow. There you go. Okay, leave, leave it to Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Have a great right, Have a great weekend, even though it's Wednesday. Um
0: <laughs> Yeah, a but good a oh, good weekend in terms of Big Blue kickoff live that's calendar. Right. Maybe you exactly. can call in next yeah, Monday if you want That's, he wants. that's yeah.
1: correct. So two pickoffs. Okay. Good.
0: Well, you know, Charlie is high on every player that the Giants ever let go. Of. That's right. So nothing brings him greater joy than seeing those He's players. He's also shine. higher so on all the all, all the all t- the all
1: right. the offensive line that were on the roster that were better than Eric Flowers <laughs> well, at please, the point in time. Don't open so, up that can. Yeah. That only ship is That give him sales. more
0: ammunition to uh, call up with some other fairy tales. But just one last quick point based on what Charlie said about Odell Beckham. The one thing though that to me doesn't add up. With that narrative is the fact that he's got Jarvis Landry, Jeff, on mm-hmm. the roster.
1: Yeah. Jarvis Landry is his very close, close friend. Yeah.
0: So you know when when people start saying that he's unhappy there, I just that to me, I don't think I, he's I don't not. I, listen, time. I
1: don't think he's unhappy. He just it's it's in his DNA to be the man. And you've got all those other people, like we talked about. It's the ego. It's the ego Browns. Okay, not the not the Cleveland Browns. It's the ego Browns. <laughs> they, they, I mean, there's so many egos on that team. He's gonna have a hard time. You know, being he has to be the guy, and and right now it's 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 not he's not the guy. And I'll tell you what, he's gonna find it really it's gonna be crazy when he goes through his antics that he's done before. Baker Mayfield will not put up with that. That he that's not his that's not his DNA. That's not his mental makeup. That Baker's gonna give it to you. Eli wouldn't. You could care no, less.
0: Baker's much more vocal. Yeah. vocal so,
1: I mean, that's going to be the funny one. I can't wait for that. It's happening. It's coming. It's coming, folks.
0: Get the popcorn. Get the popcorn and out. And it hasn't even been week one yet.
1: Yeah, speaking of popcorn, this is just reminds me of all of the TO popcorn stuff.
0: There you go. It all ties in and it comes full circle. All right, so that is going to wrap up the latest edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Jeff and I will be back up and running again tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern, and we'll continue to get you set for the Giants and the Bengals, which will come your way tomorrow night, the third preseason game. Always stay locked to Giants.com for the latest. For Jeff Fegels, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday right here on Giants.com. Have a good one.